Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker, your host of That Girl the Podcast. I'm an author, performer, two-time Emmy Award winner, human relationship specialist, and founder of the wellness website Love You Even More. Each week I bring on inspiring people and experts in their field to have powerful, motivational, and enlightened conversations about relationships, self-development, and how you can live your most authentic life. Follow us for daily updates on myself and the podcast at That Girl the Podcast and at Jackie Brubaker on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and our Patreon page. While you're at it, make sure to check out my new wellness website, loveyouevenmore.com. If you're wanting to dig into developing more self-worth, be healthier about relationships, and learn how to date smarter, go to loveyouevenmore.com and follow us on Instagram at loveyouevenmore. Welcome to Spina to That Girl, the podcast. I am so excited to have you on today. Despina is a children's book author. She is a lawyer. She's a mediator. She's a brand new mommy. And we're going to talk all about her book, Mom and Dad, Can You Hear Me?, which is all about a little girl who is dealing with her parents getting divorced and needing to be understood, which is very important to everyone who is either been divorced, gone through divorce as a child or all of the above, or, you know, is afraid of that happening, what to do, how to really take care of your children and listen to them. So Despina, welcome. And please tell our lovely listeners more about yourself. Hi, exactly. I'm really happy to be here with you today. And uh, thank you very, very much for the invitation. Uh, as you said, uh, my name is Despina Mavridu. And, uh, See, that's why she my... says it and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my first book uh, has the title, Mom, Dad, Can You Hear Me? And it's actually about the divorce through the eyes of a 10 years old girl. It's inspired from my personal story. And actually, is written through the eyes of the girl, and the, most of it has the thoughts and the things that I wanted to say to my parents when I was at that age, and I never had the courage to do it. Yeah. And the small girl finds herself in the middle of her parents' fights. She is feeling very angry and very confused, and she doesn't know what to do. She is afraid that she will lose one of the parents. But in the end, she finds a way to communicate to them what she really needs from them. That's huge. Um, you and I both were children of divorce, bad divorces, and that's, you know, as a little kid, you just want to communicate to your parents and you want to know how to do that, but so many kids just don't have the communication skills or strength or bravery to do it because our parents are, you know, our, our, our gods, our idols, we look up to them. We, we don't want to lose them. We want their approval so badly. So I love that this is coming from her perspective because it it's, I feel that this book is so healing for people who have been children of divorce, but also if you are going through a divorce with kids, it's really important to be reminded of what that looks like. So um, tell us a little bit about how this story came up for you, obviously personal experience, but when did you feel that it was time to write it and why? 
Well, uh, for many years, I had in my mind that I want to say specific things to my parents. But uh, I never had the courage or the time after a little bit to do it. Uh, but as a, when I started working as a mediator for family dispute issues, I realized during the mediations that the parents, they can't really get in their kids' shoes. Even if they say all the time that, yes, I want to do the best for my kids, I understood uh, that they can't really understand what the kids need. Yeah. I mean, I heard, for example, many times parents saying that, oh, my kids don't need their mom or my kids don't need their dad. And, uh, you know, I knew in my heart that this is not true for the kids. And they are saying these things most of the time just to please its parent. Because I know that they want to be accepted from the other parents. So each time they are trying to say specific things just to make them feel good. And I know that I couldn't convince them that this is not true for the kids, that the kids need both parents and they are probably lying. So Mm -hmm. I decided to create a story, not a consulting book, not to say what to do or not to do, just a story. Mm-hmm. My story, actually, I started with my story, so as to show them how the kids think and what they feel, what they want when they are going through a divorce. So as every parent, when they read the book, they can understand whatever they want and whatever they need at the time that they are reading the book. Yeah, I love that. Do you find that when adults read this and they are going through a divorce, that it really helps them to, to have eyes wide open? Yes, I had many parents and I really loved that, that they told me that uh, thank you for this book because I really understood how my kids feel now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this makes me feel really proud for this book because it was exactly my point. On one hand, I wanted to help parents see the divorce through the eyes of the kids. And on the other hand, I want to help children understand that divorce is not the end of the world. They can communicate to the parents what they need. They don't have to be afraid of communicating all their feelings and their thoughts and emotions. And most of the, uh, most of all, uh, and above all, that they can have both of them in their life. And they don't have to be afraid that they will lose one of them. So let's talk about that. Let's really talk about what kids want to say, but they're afraid to say. Well, from my story, uh, for example, I was afraid to say to my mom that I want to see dad. Mm. So simple, right? It's so simple. Yeah. Yeah. Because actually, in my case, uh, there was a third person from my dad's uh, side, Mm. and the marriage uh, broke. Of course, there were other problems behind that. But at that age, I couldn't realize that. And when my mom was telling me, for example, that dad uh, abandoned you for another woman, Mm. I was confused. But uh, at the same time, I believe that this is true. So when I was in the middle of this and each of them, they were were using me just to transfer specific things to each other Uh for many years. I know that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's very difficult to be a mediator when you are 10. Yeah, right. (laughs) So after a few years, because this went on and on for many years after the divorce papers were issued, I decided that, okay, I will choose a side. 
I, I will not see my dad anymore. And I picked the side of my mom. I wanted to be the good girl that will protect her mom, that will take her side because dad is the bad guy who abandoned me for another woman. Right. It was completely different from the reality. And of course, this cost me also my relationship with my dad for more than 20 years. Yes, because we reunited three years ago. Wow. I am so sorry. That, I think, for children is the most horrible part of divorce is what parents say to the child to be to make the child the mediator and to transfer that hatred back and forth. And you're just, like you said, you don't understand what's really going on. You're just being told stuff and you don't know who to trust. I certainly have dealt with major trust issues from my family well into adulthood where I'm like, I don't really know what's true at all. Like I'm just trying to figure it out on my own, but some people say this and some people say that. And it's like, I don't know. I really don't know. And that to me is the saddest part because children are so sweet and innocent and just want to love their parents, even if their parents aren't doing the best, you know, they still love them. And when one of them is kind of, or both of them are coming from a place of pride and anger and ego, and then they're projecting this all on their child to be their messenger, it's literally the worst thing you can do. Exactly. And because, you know, all of these, you are carrying it as a child when you become adult. And these uh, create problems to the relationship, mm-hmm. to, to, to everything. I mean, you can't move on. I mean, for me, in order to move on and be able to create a relationship, I had to forgive first myself because I was feeling bad for many years because I decided to take a side. Yeah. And so I had to forgive myself. I had to forgive my dad and my mom also, because at some point I was also angry with my mom. Of course. And uh, then I was able to create a relationship with a boyfriend, get married and create a family. And it needed a lot of therapy, of course. (laughs) That's right. You're Guys, do not be afraid of the therapy. Just go for the therapy. (laughs) It's the only way. It is. I'm with you and we talked about this before we started, but yeah, like I haven't gotten married yet for a reason. Like I don't want to go through a divorce. Like I watched my mom go through, my dad go through. It was brutal. And it went on for years and years well into my adulthood. They were still fighting. (laughs) And Even for me now, they can't be in the same room after so many years. And I feel so sorry for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's, it's really important guys. Like if you're in the midst of a divorce and you have children to please with your kids in the room with you, just please put your ego aside, please put your hatred and your pride and all of your stuff aside, because that little kid has no idea what's going on and what little they, they do understand is probably far less than you think they understand. So please don't use them as a, I always say, use them as a pawn, you know, like I felt like I was being shuffled from one parent to the next with like information. And it was like a chess game that I unfortunately was a pawn. in. so, you know, it's just, it's really, really, I mean, not every child 
comes out the same way into adulthood. You know, we, we have different aspects, you know, some people get into addiction and some people are, you know, become workaholics. That was me, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm just going to work really, really hard. Um, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't go unfazed. So that's why I think this book is such a beautiful, gentle tool to use for parents and for kids so that, but also, and, you know, I want to get your opinion on this too. Like as the parent, if you give this book to your child and you've read it yourself, like you have to be ready to be receptive to whatever your child does say to you now that they feel that they can, you know, you've got to be patient and loving and kind and like hear them, really hear them. Um, how do you feel about that? I mean, what can, actually you are a mediator and a lawyer. What, um, what could, um, parents do to be better listeners to their kids? Just to try to listen and not think what to say. I mean, to be active listeners, um, you know, when you don't think, you just try to understand what the other person says, not to listen, to respond, just to listen, which is very, very difficult because usually when we are listening, we are, we are already thinking what we will respond to the other person. And parents do that with the kids, especially because they are afraid. They Sometimes, even if they don't want to, they are trying to manipulate them, mm-hmm. not not um, on purpose, just because yeah. they, they are afraid, they have very intense feelings, they are not feeling well with themselves. So it's very, very important to take a breath, to, to take a step uh, behind and just try to listen and be able to accept whatever the kid says. Which yeah. I think it's very difficult and it needs a lot of work yeah. with ourselves first. That's why I'm saying that ask for help from a lawyer, which is the practical part, but ask also help from a therapist because it's very, very difficult to handle all these emotions alone. Mm-hmm. And if you don't help yourself, you cannot help your kid. Right. You can't pour from an empty cup. That's for sure. Ah, so what's really cool about this book too, is that you've created a diary to go with it, which I love. Let's tell me more or tell us more about the diary that goes with this book. Yes, actually I created the diary because I was uh, having a diary with when I was at that age and it helped me a lot to express myself. So I wanted to create something for the kids to be able to write down their thoughts. And uh, if they want, they don't want to share them with their parents, it's okay. They will keep them for themselves. Uh, so they can write whatever they want. And if they want, they can share some thoughts and emotions with their uh, parents. It's, yeah. uh, it's up to them. I love that because journaling as a child, as a teenager, as an adult, for the rest of your life, it is one of the most cathartic therapeutic tools you can use and it's free and it's anytime you need it. I mean, there have been times I've been like typing notes in my phone because I needed to get something out. You know, you just, sometimes I'm just a firm believer in journaling because sometimes it doesn't sound good when you read it back. Like don't expect your stuff to sound great. (laughs) If you're journaling, (laughs) it's going to sound ridiculous. And like a five-year-old wrote it, but that's okay because that is your inner child coming through, trying to just be like, this is how I feel. And as a child who actually uses your diary, 
it gives them the chance to start getting in touch with their feelings and then actually writing them down and then feeling that it's okay to express them and release them, whether they show their parent or they just keep it for themselves. Like you said, um, I think it's a huge tool, especially going into like teenagehood because then it's like a whole other situation with like hormones and craziness and like, you really need an outlet to to put your feelings into. So it's a great like step into that world. (laughs) But no, I I love that they go together. Yes, they are going together because I think that it's an important tool. Also because in my case, for example, when I was a teenager, I I wasn't in connection with my feelings at all. (laughs) And I was saying to everyone that, yes, I'm okay that I can see my dad. I don't want to see him. I decided I'm a strong woman. I don't care. I wasn't crying for years. I didn't give permission to myself to cry for almost all my teenagehood. So gosh, yeah, it's, I think that the diary is something that can help uh, children express also the most difficult thought they have and just keep them for themselves. And it's nice to go back and see what you were thinking at that age. Yeah, it is very interesting. Um, (laughs) My dad gave me a bunch of stuff from like when I was, you know, like 10 ish, like around there. And it's very, I was always a writer. Like I was like, I knew I was going to be an author, like from the moment I could write, I was like making books <laughs> and it's funny to read back your stuff, but kids are very insightful, you know, and they, they are figuring things out for themselves and they're figuring out their emotions. And this is such a great mm-hmm. tool to do that and to get them, like you said, like to be more in touch with their feelings and their emotions from a much earlier stage because divorce is very traumatizing. And like you said, like you had to be, when I hear you say, like, I had to be this strong woman. It's like, you're not a woman at 16. You're not even like, you're just still a kid. And, you know, but you're emulating what your mom is saying that this is what you should be. This is what I am. You should be this. And so you're like, okay, okay, okay. Like I'll do that too. And, and that's just not fair for kids. You know, even teenagers Mm -hmm. to me, they're still kids, you know, they really are. And they need help and guidance too, and and just to be in touch with their actual feelings. Yes, and especially the kids. Most of the times, when they see their parents that they are weak and they are crying, they are trying to be stronger just to help them. And I used to say that uh, sometimes parents usually say that I sacrificed everything for my kids. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's the opposite because it's the kids that sacrifice many, many things for their parents. Yeah. yeah. And the, the parent can't usually see that because the world is used to say that, oh, yes, I'm doing everything for my kids. I think that the kids are, the, the, the kids are doing everything for the parents and not the opposite. Because they need yeah. their acceptance so badly that they will do everything for them. Yeah. God, that is that really resonates with me. I'm like, I feel like I've had like a couple of different breakthroughs in this conversation. <laughs> I'm just like, I need to really stop being my mom's therapist. Sorry, mom, I love you. Um, <laughs> I really need to stop. Um, no, it's true though. It is so true. And you know, sometimes even as a child, we, we do our very best, right? We do our best. We do what, you know, we have to do to, to grow up. And unfortunately, a lot of us need therapy at the end, but, you know, 
that's that. That's life. And therapists exist. I'm becoming a therapist. You can come and see me one day, but like, you know, it's okay. It's totally okay. Like nobody goes unscathed. Yes. It's okay because it helps you to be in contact with yourself and uh, it's the only way to move on. I mean, only for me, for example, now, because I'm also afraid of the divorce and now that I am married, of course, this, uh, you know, that thought is in my head somewhere (laughs) and I'm afraid of something like that, but I'm trying to concentrate on myself and my feelings and to understand what I'm doing in the relationship because most of the times everything starts from from ourselves. Yeah not from the other person. So I think that therapy is the most important thing to do because it helps you to learn more yourself. Absolutely. Well, I love this. Tell people how they can find you and tell people how they can find your book and the diary that goes with the book. Yes, (laughs) the book and the diary, they are both on Amazon. Uh, They are in e-book and paperback also. Uh, in all Amazon stores, you just um, type the title, which is Mom, Dad, Can You Hear Me? Or my name, whatever they want, and they will find it. And of course, you can find me in Facebook and on Facebook and on Instagram under the name author Despina Mavridu, the strange name here. <laughs> it's okay, guys. It's in the show notes. You can click the links. <laughs> right to you. Um Jasmina, this has been such a great conversation and such a needed one. I'm so glad that you're doing this and I'm very excited about your future books that are coming. Um, I know you're you're beginning to kind of work on them and and all of that. So it's just, I'm really glad you're you're doing this work for, for kids and adults. Yes, thank you. I'm also excited. I'm preparing other two books for kids, but they're completely different from the divorce. <laughs> they are more positive, completely just uh, for fun. <laughs> Hey, you know what? All books are good books. So, yes. <laughs> well, not all books, but your books. Your books are good. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you for the invitation. I really enjoyed it. And I hope to see you soon again. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube at That Girl the Podcast.